In this episode, Ryan and I recap the 2020 Nelson Nash Institute annual IBC Think Tank. Thanks for listening. Welcome to the Banking with Life podcast. I'm your host, James Nethery. And I'm your co-host, Ryan Griggs. And as always, we're happy to be here. Excited that you're here with us. We're having fun. Hope you have fun as well. Yep. And uh, we actually have a topic. Today. We do. We do. A very prescient topic. A very pressing topic. Pressing. Yeah. Very pressing topic. So we're recording here in February of 2020. We've just had the annual Nelson Nash Institute IBC Think Tank that was on, what was it, February 5th and 6th. And Today, Saturday the 8th. Mm-hmm. So we flew we flew into Birmingham, Alabama Tuesday, yep. the 5th. The 4th. The 4th. Yep. And so the think tank was the 6th. 5th and 6th. 5th and 6th. Wednesday, Thursday. And then we flew home the 7th. Yep. Yesterday. Yesterday. Fresh off the plane. And here we are. <laughs> Jet lagging on. Man, 18-hour days. I mean, I, from the time we arrived... You know, wake up at six, breakfast with everybody, the whole deal, and then you got to socialize afterwards. At least I do. <laughs> <laughs> got to support the local pubs <laughs> <laughs> and support them. We did, but yeah. that's where a lot of the cool stuff happens. You know, you get down into the oh, absolutely. Like, so that was all good. Met some great new people at some of the companies <clears throat> that we work with. That was very nice. Oh my! Very gosh. cool that some companies show up to the IBC think tank and others don't. Wow, I didn't hmm. see a single big four company. No, not one. And I said that from the mic, you know. Yes, yes. I'm just saying. So certain companies. Not that they're bad companies. They just don't support the Nelson Nash yeah, Institute they just don't understand banking life insurance. concept. That's all. What? They just oh. don't understand life insurance. Do you, That's think, all. <laughs> do you think the CEOs even own life insurance? <laughs> that It would be a really cool thing to have, to, to know, to the know that information. Legitimate question. Yeah. Anyway, so you said getting up at six. We were getting up at six while we were there. I got up at four to get there. Right. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Early flight. It was exhausting. Man, I was tired. Anyway, we both spoke. Right. So the way that this one was structured, so people kind of understand. Right. Two day conference in a hotel. Day one, part one. So the the morning of day one was. Mostly speeches from the board of directors, right? Carlos Lara, Robert Murphy, David Stearns. Yes. And then for the remainder of the conference up until the very end was a sequence of breakout sessions where you had one speaker presenting at the same time as another speaker and the attendees could choose which one they wanted to go to. Right. And the speakers were practitioners. Yeah. And then they also allowed, I think there were five life insurance companies there. Mm Mm-hmm. And they allowed them to speak, right, right. Um, and then there, there were the 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 talks. There were two breakout rooms, A and B, right. And so there were two talks going on simultaneously. Mm-hmm. And don't you know that the board is like checking to see how many <laughs> go to one? David was he was running as back opposed to the room. other. <laughs> um, that was funny. Uh, first time we'll say this. Get it out of the way. First time have a think tank without the individual. Oh, yeah. Without, no, this is, this is no question. The first think tank without Nelson being present. And, I yeah. mean, he was present last year, but he didn't speak didn't last speak, year. Yeah. But very emotional, too. I mean, it was for me when oh, I spoke. Yeah. And it was weird starting off just getting there because it was in the same hotel. Mm-hmm. You know, we're in the same rooms as a year ago. 
mm-hmm. for me. So for me, it was weird. It didn't start well for me. I was like, oh, this is odd. I was pretty anxious. You know, <clears throat> I, I got to say that the board um, wanted to have uh, some basic topics, you know, to be presented mm-hmm. um, for current and future practitioners, right? Like marketing, uh, servicing, marketing. providing service. I mean, that was just one you know, how, framing in the the theme was framing the conversation. Framing the IBC conversation. Right. How do you, how how should a practitioner frame the conversation for a prospective client or the public in general? Mm-hmm. Right, and then building the perfect quote unquote infinite banking quote unquote policy quote unquote. So that that was the overall theme, and then they would they wanted several things covered. You know, how do you service a client? What does a perfect IBC policy look like? Um, how do you frame the conversations that you have, depending on the prospective client that you're speaking with? Mm-hmm. And and quite frankly, all of the talks that I attended, um, which was not that many, because I mean we all have a limited amount of time. Um, and I and I know I get to view the talks later because they everything was video recorded and they'll be hung up or available on the practitioner's website for practitioners, not for the general yeah. public. Okay, yeah. um, so I know I'll get to see them later, but I think they all were pretty uh, consistent and congruent, unplanned. You know that I see what you're saying. Yeah. They were more, a lot more consistent than I expected, mm. and that was not planned. Right, and reassuring mm-hmm. that there's a degree of consistency across these Thank relatively God. independent practitioners. Right, right. Um, a degree of consistency. Oh yeah, not hundred percent. They were not identical. No yeah. question. The theme was consistent. Yeah. Oh yes. Yeah. You know. So we both spoke. You were one of the breakout session speakers. I gave the closing. Yeah, that was kind of cool. You had no opposing speaker. Lucky them. (laughs) (laughs) And 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 then too, you know how most people leave conferences. If you're a two or three day conference, most people leave early, and so you know generally the last speaker is like uh, almost filler. Not Mm. so. I think that was you were strategically placed, young Mm. man, to close it out on a strong note and he did you did very good and he even got a standing ovation yeah that was unexpected that sh- but cool uh, very proud i'm beaming you know in the audience <laughs> and you know very proud he did yeah. a very good job thank you thank you and so we the videos everything's recorded and they're all hung up in that practitioner site for practitioners only but we also get the videos ourselves like for our own presentation and so really the question on my mind has been you know what to do with it i had a call with a client get off the plane yesterday Mm -hmm. i have a call with a client who's watched every banking with life episode some of them twice good right and he's like you know how'd the talk go yeah it was great you know just like you said standing ovation well received he's like oh i can't wait to see it and i'm like yeah well i I mean it'll be available somehow to our clients. Our clients, for sure. No question. And then, but, th- I mean, there were things, and I'm not bragging, <laughs> there were things that I said, I know there were things that you, there were things we both said in each of our talks that were whew, over some of the participants. <clears throat> and not, that, that's just a 
That's a fact. That's a fact. And I'm not, it, people came up and said that, right? Yes. So afterwards, you know, we're at the, there's a little bar down the way in the kitchen. Everybody kind of went there Supporting to eat. Supporting the pubs. Yeah. <laughs> we support local businesses. That's at right. Human Fly. It's a free market. Uh, <laughs> so there were, you Probably. know. It's capitalism. D- different attendees there. You know, I asked during the talk how many people were attending for the first time. Oh my god. And it was like a third to a half of the room. I mean, I couldn't sit there and count, but from my vantage point down on the stage, it was a lot of hands. Right. And people there. <clears throat> One of them came up afterwards, other, many, more than one came up, but I'm thinking of one in particular came up afterwards and said, you know, he wished that he could pause it as I was going to sort of understand what had, what I just went through. Cause I poured it on him and I started saying that that way. I was born in California, but I'm from Texas and we fixing to go in on him. <laughs> and I did, right? Fair when, warning. It's legitimate. Yeah. Right. And I knew that that would happen because there's, look, the, I tell the people that, Know, clients, but also now agents that we work with, that what goes on behind the <clears> scenes <throat> is much more complex than the general public, than the home office, and that most agents know. Oh my gosh. Right? So, well, like, you, you know, well, keep going. Well, I'm just one particular example. Like, the idea that you could build a policy such that the individual owner of that policy had the, has the contractual authority to pay enough premium beyond what's illustrated. And the choice to do so The ability or not. to do so, yeah. And the choice. I mean, without the ability, the choice doesn't matter. Right. But the, so the contractual authority to pay premium in excess of what's been illustrated such that you cause the contract to become a modified endowment contract, losing the preferable tax treatment of dividend paying whole life. Mm-hmm. And that was like news, maybe, to some, but... I, and so I threw it out there. And, you know, the, the, what happens when you crush the base premium down to nothing or as close to it as you can get as many, not many, as some in the YouTube world are fond of informing people that you can do, mm-hmm. the consequences to the flexibility in premium payment and the duration over which time period you can pay premium payment, you know, what happens to those two things? Mm-hmm. Right, and that, so that you kind of hit them. I kind of hit them yeah, quick with it, that. But, you know, and did, you touched on their, it too. Did their eyes glaze over from the crowd? Well, I mean, from the <laughs> stage you're looking at. <laughs> I, you know, I was I was so in it. I, sometimes I notice when I talk, it's like I don't know. It's not like blacking out, but it's like you got to go somewhere to grab something and bring it back. And sure. So I I kind of lose. You know, I've I've got to say that that you know the life insurance companies that were there. I mean, we prefer mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. Not all of them. There were five. We generally use three. Mm-hmm. I use three. I own the three that I use and own others that I don't use. Um, there were some home office staff that I have um, a lot of contact with yep. from one particular company. And they don't normally get to go to outside events like this. Yep. And so <clears throat> it's a young lady. Her name is Tanya, and I'll leave it at that. Mm-hmm. And I love her dearly. She's, She's very smart. Bomb, yeah. She's bomb.com. Yeah. And she had said, Wow, we've been to, she had been to some others, mm-hmm. but she didn't realize some of the back story, some of the back side, from our side, from the agent, from the producer, from the advisor standpoint. Mm-hmm. And, very complimentary of the Nelson Nash Institute. The others that she has been to, not the Nelson Nash Institute, but other like marketing organizations or what have you, um, she noticed a distinct 
difference mm. in attitude and kind of the clarity and the purpose, which is, I mean, very, just very complimentary. When you can be distinct from a marketing organization and the home office can see the dedication and the efforts to which practitioners or advisors go to to deliver a true and proper solution for the individual, mm -hmm. that was very powerful for me. For a, to, to address a problem that most people aren't aware of. Oh my right? gosh. Yeah, the need for capital, the dramatic oh need for gosh. capital. In fact, speaking, I had an opportunity to speak with another person from one of these companies, and he was telling me that on the, on the plane <laughs> ride over, he, was, he, he watched my talk from the prior year, 2019, mm -hmm. twice. Mm. and that w was very inspired by it. But one of the things he also said was that it scared him Ooh. that there were things that weren't on the radar before, you know, that it's like, Oh, that could be a prop specifically mm. that need for capital and what you can, what the infinite banking concept solves, how it solves, how it prepares the individual to meet their future need for capital, which is always underestimated. Always. Yeah. And that will never change. Never change. I don't care how old you are, mm -hmm. what you're doing. Well, I had a lot of people, um, very complimentary, you know, and um, <laughs> there's, it was, it was, <laughs> all right, so at one of the dinners, mm -hmm. the table was full where we normally sit. And, you know, seats are being reserved, but mm -hmm. then they get, um, taken, however that happens, unintentional. So me and my youngest son, Jake, wound up at another table. And we wound up at a table with a bunch of home office guys. <laughs> I mean, VPs and RVPs and, yeah. you know, and it happened to be one of the companies that I own, right, personally, pay substantial premiums to, and right, for. But, and I don't, they didn't know me, and I didn't know them. But when I found out who they were, I'm like, seriously, the home office, the home office. I'm like, woo, I've been living right. I sat at the right table <laughs> accidentally. <laughs> and uh, one of them started blistering me on the, another company that I write for. Mm. And he'd been in the business a long time, 30 years. Nice guy, but probably over the sales, the agent sales attitude, mm. you know, which I completely resonated yeah. with because I'm over it too. So we had a lively conversation. He's mm -hmm. like, what do you like about this company or that company? Mm -hmm. and, and I'm just straightforward, and I tell them. And then they start throwing out competitive questions, you know. Yeah. And I start, talking points. I'm yeah, talking anyway, points. That, was, that was exciting. I mean, I'm just saying that uh, it was exciting, lively and unexpected, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they blistered you. I heard that you beat them up a little bit too. So, <laughs> all in good fun. But I gave him a big hug and a kiss when it was over. Yeah, there you go. You know, mm -hmm. and it was all in love and, and completely truthful and factual. Right. You know, you're you're not going to blister me on life insurance like I just showed up to the table. Right. You know, yesterday, mm -hmm. or last year, or mm -hmm. five years ago. Anyway, but a lot of a lot of people did come up to us and say, and and you know, they said that uh, they really appreciate the podcast. I send all my clients there. Yeah, and, <laughs> and I'm like, well, send me a check, <laughs> and they're like, okay, how much? And I'm like, I'm kidding. I've had other Wait, people, I wasn't. They didn't the, offer you money. Who needs a routing number? 
You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, I said from the main stage, you know, because I, I I take Bitcoin. I'm just saying, <laughs> <laughs> or cash, or euros. I said from the main stage, you know, I pointing out just some of my biographical details, professional details. And I, I write a lot on medium.com forward slash at Ryan D. Griggs, right? Another plug. And I was like, oh, by the, you know, I, I, a number of y'all have approached me and said that you've sent these around and that you've written a lot of life insurance off of them. And I'm like, you know, it, that's, that's great. It doesn't hurt to buy me a drink either. Right. You, know? you did or, say that. Yeah, right? Or if you went, you might send me a check. To you tighter supporting too. the pubs on your own. You <laughs> <laughs> need to reunite and help me, help me out uh, here on that. But, uh, did anyone say, cool. uh, Hey man, can you send me that article and let me white label it? Can I put my name on it? No, they didn't. And I hope that's that, cool. I hope the impression has come across that the answer is no. Yeah. Right. All right. You don't have to ask. The answer is just no. You know, uh, now the stuff that I put out there that's publicly accessible. I mean, you look, you can share a, a link, right? I'm just not throw the young man a prop. Of course, they wouldn't have just to. Just keep the name on there. Yeah, I don't like yeah, that. You know, you the people the and it's so pre- prevalent throughout the industry. And I know some people might not like me blowing it up, but uh, this idea of uh, go having books ghost written, right? Well, maybe not even ghost written. That's bad. No question. Ghost written. But how about we take a section of this and a section of that and a section of this and, and then somehow put your words on it, twist it around just long enough so you can put your name on it. Just enough to get about the publisher. Yeah. Oh my gosh. There's a guy, he's a member of NNI. I'm going to blast him. I won't name him by name. Yeah. I mean, he's got a book that nobody reads. He tries to give it away. And I'm not kidding, you know, I released the Banking with Life DVD, and I let Jason Rink release that from the stage, right? Because I thought that an, an agent or advisor in the crowd wouldn't use the DVD for their clients because they would perceive that it was a self-promoting thing, mm-hmm. the DVD. Which it's not. It is absolutely not. And it took a couple of years. And, of course, first, everybody thought Jason Rink was the only person behind it, which, mm. you know, he was very, he is very talented, but I was the executive producer. I funded it, and it was a labor of love, and I storyboarded it out. And then Jason Skills, no question, putting it together and putting, you know, visual to it. Sure. All right. Um, it was released in on purpose in 2013, 100 years after the Federal Reserve. Mm. You know, mm. I, didn't re- I never really felt like I should have to point that out. <laughs> but I do sometimes. Yeah. Okay. The next year, mm. this guy – or the next, it was the next year. Well, hell, I barely got home, and some guy had posted it on YouTube, and I had to call him and say, hey, you need to take that down. It's not public. What, is it copywritten? Yeah, it's on the cover. Can you read? (laughs) You know? Um, (laughs) Then I go to the think tank the next year, and this guy comes up, and I don't know him. He doesn't know me. Or actually, he did know me. He said, James, I wrote this book. And I'm like, cool. You know, I'd love to have a copy and your autograph. You know, when I... Mm. I like the author's autograph. I don't collect autographs. That's the only way I ask for anyone's autograph if they've written a book. I love books. I love to read. Yep. So he gives me the book, right? And he autographs it. No, thank you very much. Well, the section about IRAs and 401ks was completely verbatim ripped from the Banking with Life DVD and printed in his book. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. But, I, of course, I didn't read the book until I got home. And then I seen that part. And then I don't even think I finished the whole book. And then I practitioner. Right? Yeah. Not oh, an uh, original thought. 
Yeah, I, that, and so that was one of the four main points I had in my talk was the idea of paying your dues, mm-hmm. you know, so the, there's, there's a well, it, space for the client to pay their dues, right? do the research, watch the podcast, read the book, you know, be willing to spend the time and effort to properly understand infinite banking from the source, right, from Nelson Nash. Uh, and then there's a space for the agent to pay their dues too. Mm-hmm. And so I, I get it. You know, it's a, the conference is a, it's a think tank, right? You come, you share ideas. Mm-hmm. But there is an attitude out there that, you know, oh, I, I, I steal everything that I have. Yeah, and just know? because I say that I steal everything that I have, that somehow makes it okay or yeah. absolves you from the fact that you stole. I mean, I, yeah, I'll, I'll just say that, that true it's confession like, to your, yeah. you know. And that that remedies it. I mean, exactly. And, and maybe... I don't know that I'm in a ready to like drop the hammer on whether or not that's right or wrong. I mean, we could get into that, but I don't, it it wouldn't make me comfortable to do that. You know, like the reason I'm in the PhD program is because I'm doing work that I want to be doing anyway, that I Mm -hmm. think needs to be done. And that it's going to happen to be somewhat, I mean, I'm based on a, hundred plus years of Austrian economics, but there will be elements that I hope are original. No, it's not going to happen to be parts that are original. No, you can't get that work done quick enough because you'll be referencing no question on purpose with intent and almost required for your work to reference previous works. Right. So, uh, no. I'm just pointedly saying. with recognition, with acknowledgement. Absolutely, like, because that is going to support the truth that you're going to drop on the Austrians, <laughs> and I can't wait. <laughs> so, and I think uh, so. Just get to it is my point. Yeah, yeah. So, well, and Bob, Bob was very nice because Bob Murphy introduced me for yeah. the speech and said very nice things about you know the work that Bob Murphy introduced me when I spoke earlier in the mm-hmm. day I spoke before you and he's just like oh here's James Nethery <laughs> and then I, I went to a talk um, later that day and my friend Barry Page uh, he's a Mississippi boy I love Barry Page right um, and even did an interview with him briefly on his little radio program mm. and he had some really cool tech uh, mobile tech equipment I mean oh, it was wow. I'm taking pictures to send to Andrew the AV ninja right Okay, Bob introduced Barry Page, and he was going on, oh, this is Barry Page, and blah, 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 and it was all glowing and very kind. And I'm like, Bob, what gives you? (laughs) That's a great introduction to Barry, and you're like, here's James. Listen, I think James Nethery just needs, this is James Nethery. And everybody knew there was standing room only in the room. Yeah, perfect. Well, I don't, uh, I love the, I love everybody that's in attendance, but Everybody that came into my room made the right choice. They had a 50 Absolutely. So, they absolutely Thank did. you for saying that. I'm just saying Bob they did give you. hear it too. He did. It was very complimentary. Yeah. And, with, and I'm excited. I mean, he's, we're, it's going to happen. And a part of the reason I, I so frequently remind people of it <laughs> is so that I have to, I, you know, name it and it shall be kind of thing. Like, That's right. Put it out there and then. We so are created good. in God's image. I'm not saying that you can create everything, you know, just by your mirror speaking it into existence i'm not yeah um, no it's coming part of that naming it it shall be kind of thing that uh, well let me prosperity gospel yeah the prosperity gospel i'm not um i mean i think the gospel is prosperity okay i'm not saying i'm just saying i'm not going off into that yeah yeah 
uh, name it and claim it, Prosperity. I've mm, been there, there 30 years ago. But we are created in God's image, and by God's, your words have power, and they have meaning, and you can speak things into existence. Mm-hmm. And I'm not just saying, bro, oh, I'm getting a pile of gold over here. No. Oh, yeah, and it's going to take a lot of work, no question, too, and time, effort, energy, money. Yeah, the ability to dead. defend my time away from all the other things that can distract that's really my challenge for the year but well it, and i didn't mean to deal, derail you but were you going to mention the 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 work that bob referenced and the work that y'all are going to do together to complete that <laughs> <laughs> i wasn't but that's a good point well uh, you know th- yes yeah, so bob's a busy guy i get it absolutely but yeah we're working on a paper that's going to be timely you know here we are 2020 yield curves inverted last year there's a link between that empirical fact and Austrian business cycle theory. Austrian business cycle theory explains why that might happen. You know, I'm not going to get all into it now, but you know, there's articles and stuff up online you can read about it. But uh, yeah, so the, the further connection is then to link what we know about that, what we know about the connection between business cycle theory and yield curve inversion to money supply, actual money supply data. Oh, there right? you go. Because you could look at that and should theoretically my view, I think, think i mean we're still in the process be able to see in the data the correlation well and it and the theory would suggest that it's causal right it's not just correlative it's it's it it isn't a surprise that 12 to 18 months after a durable yield curve inversion so maybe three months in a given 12 month period that there would be an economic correction right that that's not a mystery. It is to people on, you know, the financial entertainers on cable <laughs> television, but to Austrians, it's not, right. you know? And anyway, so. So yeah, that work's coming and it should be done. Yeah. And I'm, I don't know where, are you keeping time here? Yeah. Because uh, I'm just throwing this out when I talked to David several times over the last couple of days. One of the times I said, listen, David, I'm like busting your chops in about 20, 22 minutes in a yeah, couple of days. That's right, we are 25. So, <laughs> and, and, and my whole point of that is, and I've mentioned the, uh, you know, in the previous, when I bust his chops, yeah. 20, 22 minutes in. I'm like, David, I'm going to be able to tell whether you listen to the podcast <laughs> <laughs> and how long you listen to them. <laughs> so, Bob, we're going to be able to tell how long you listen to the podcast as well. We love David and Bob. That's why they no question. Why I poke at him. Uh, but, it, but I think going, reason we got into that was, you know, I think I hope that there is going to be original value there that we can use to confront and explain to the rest of the industry why what we do is economically legitimate. Right. Because so much of the conventional financial theory oh, is based on financial economics came out of the University of Chicago in the 1950s. Right. It was financial economics before there was the mutual fund industry, before there was the tax qualified plan behemoth out there. Right. That's where all that started. And Austrian, I've said very blatantly on the stage, you know, we, we get the question, what, why don't more people know about IBC? And it's like, well, these other cats have spent decades laying the theoretical groundwork for what they're pitching. And millions and, and millions and millions of dollars. Tr- trillion. I mean, that's a, that's a yeah. huge industry. What have we been doing? You know, <laughs> yeah, what have are the Austrians been doing? Austrians haven't even settled on what capital is. You know? <clears throat> well, they, they've been debating each other. That's what they've been doing. They're master debaters. Well, and, and it's so sad to see that. And I get the question, well, why is that? And, you know, it's. It's because of the, the 
the financial incentives embedded in conventional academia in the U.S. It's your the you know capital theory is Bob's mentioned before is regarded as the the black hole you know a, right. a, a black hole for the economist you get lost in it and you know I mentioned before on here that even Friedrich Hayek 1974 Nobel Prize winner Austrian one of the more prominent Austrians did a whole work on capital theory but didn't even get to money you know and <laughs> oh, so he, even he didn't finish what he had to say on it um, so it is you know it's true we get lost in it but you know fear is is not a natural condition that's a spirit needs the needs to go it's like if the work needs to be done then let's go do it you know and that was kind of the uh theme that you had yes let's talk about your talk because that was well i laid out four main things the, the subject of the talk was mentorship you mentioned earlier that david had shared with the speakers that he wanted us to uh, speak to what the perspective or new mentee, the new member in the NNI practitioner program would need to understand mentorship. And I, you know, we, I attended the talks that I was able to get to, and I didn't hear a lot of that personally. I heard, and that's fine, but, and maybe it was planned that way. I don't know. So I'm not being hard on anybody, right. but so that, but I did speak to it. I used our relationship as sort of the substance with which to illustrate it. Uh, you know how we do things, our philosophy on things like policy design and you know, the contractual nature of the relationship and these sorts of things, uh, and used those anecdotes to extract a few principles that. Even, you know, even if other people, they're not going to be like us, right? They're not going to be like you. They're not going to have the way you speak. They're not going to be like me. Not everyone's going to be an economist or a podcaster or have a show or whatever. And that's good. That's fine. That's, I, my point was not to say that everyone needs to do what we're doing. Right. My point was to pull out from our experience a few principles that could be applied to any particular context, right? So the Mentee idea, or mentor. And I, had, and I made the point that everybody in the crowd is either current or prospective mentee or mentor, right? And it's not, mentorship is not just about giving advice. It's also about being a role model. And we all have role models. Like Nelson used to say, the fish are the last to notice the water. We're surrounded by it. Whether you like it or not, you've got a role model, right? Mm -hmm. The NNI practitioner program is an opportunity for people in the business to just be intentional about selecting who that mentor or role model should be. Right. For many of us, the common ancestor, frankly, was Nelson. Right. Now he's passed. There's going to be others. We've got to be intentional about selecting who that is and why. And so my point was to give some fundamental principles to be thinking of going into that relationship. You know, how how exactly what points should we be intentional about when mm -hmm. thinking about our relationship with mentors and our mentees? And I'm kind of in a unique position because I'm a mentee of yours and I'm a mentor to others. And so I can speak from what I've learned from you and how that looked and how I'm using that to then train others, right? So there was little stories about that, you know. Uh, anyway, the four fundamental principles, you know, you need to have a minimum sufficient mutually Minimum sufficient shared value set, yes. right? Certain values, certain principles. One of which I pulled out and then extrapolated and uh, explained more on was the idea of, you know, you should have a policy into which you can pay as much premium for as long as you might want to pay it. Mm -hmm. And there's other pieces to that. You want to have internal fail safes and things so that if there's an unexpected change in future cash flow, the policy's all right. But, you know, that that has negative implications, right? That, that value, that value that we share 
informs the way we build policies for an individual client, right? And there's that means that we don't do other things, right? <laughs> that we don't we don't crush the base premium down to nothing. This so is that not where we start from is the ratio of base oh, and PUA premium. And listen, I called it out too. It's the it elephant in the room. Everybody wants to know how to build the perfect policy, right? And if the and I told them this is the answer to it. Every client's different. Every client's different. And that's that should end it there, right? And, and then fr from there, you use your understanding of what of the different features of the policy to build the right solution for that individual's particular case because everybody's different, right? So that that that's one value. Levels of understanding. That's one value, you know. Yes. Uh, and there's others, but that was just an example. So that that one part of it. Then the idea of mutual benefit. By gosh, it's okay to pay a commission. It's okay to receive one. It's okay for an agent to work with other agents and split the proceeds from that business in order to make sure that the client receives the proper product for their situation. Oh, you mean capitalism is okay? Oh my gosh, you know? And I'm over, I am over the veiled hostility to the to the insurance agent. I get it, look, life insurance agents, everyone, I was listening to a Nobel laureate a lecture at Yale on the way over here this morning. I'm over talking. Oh, uh, you know, just getting a little fired up for the show. Got to get in the right headspace. And you know, he was talking about how old oh, the life insurance agent who used Bob Schiller is his name. I don't mind using his name. Oh, okay. he, he, it's it's public. He's a Nobel Prize winner. He don't know who I am. He's so. cracking on the life insurance. Agent? Oh yeah, those life insurance agents who used to go do knock door to door and you know tell you about how <clears throat> horrible things are going to be when people die. You know, everybody really hated that and. You know, I have, oh, uh, I don't even, don't. Anyway, don't know. so, you know, there's that public perception and there's plenty of agents who have earned that reputation yep. for the industry, right? And it doesn't take a lot to poison the well, you know? So I get it. I get that. But listen, just like you say, don't judge me by somebody else's character. Thank you. Yeah, I don't need any of that. You know, this is how we do it. This is why there's a podcast. This is why there's the blogs. This is why we speak at these kinds of conferences. Like, this is what we're about. Okay, you know, so don't don't bring in your other, just like you say, just like Nelson. I don't know if you got it from Nelson, but people's conception of life insurance is often often based on somebody else's misconception. Yeah. Well, I think people's conception of life insurance agents is based on other people's misconceptions. No question. Yes. When most of the U.S. doesn't own life insurance, right? What think about that? Most mm. of the population of the U.S. doesn't own life insurance, and they're going to speak authoritatively about life insurance agents. Yeah, yeah. and then. Uh, probably most of the life insurance that is owned is purchased through an employer. Mm. I mean, and, and unintentionally, hell it's hell just been thrown in with. Yeah, the if that happens. Package. I mean, you're speaking to someone who's enrolling you in the corporate benefits or the benefits package of your employer. It's like you don't, I, and you get this. I'm sure all the time too. <laughs> a client comes in, you're asking about other current enforced life insurance. It's always, well, I think that my job offers life insurance, but I don't know who provides it. I don't know the policy number and I don't know the coverage amount. And don't, and don't know the type. Right. Doesn't know the type of right. the life insurance that they have, which is generally, yeah, never mind. Yeah. So the that. public's mostly unintentional about the acquisition of life insurance, no question. Right. So I get it that there's this stereotype out there, mm -hmm. right? Um, and it, it's what motivates the hostility towards the idea of compensating that party, compensating that agent. All right, so I get it, I get it, but you know, uh, we're we're okay that doctors get paid. You know, we're okay and, that and, our accountants get paid. And it, <clears throat> excuse me, it's okay for them to get paid. 
And have you ever walked into your physician, ever, one time, ever, and said, hey, let me see your medical file? Have you ever walked into your CPA, your tax preparer, and said, hey, let me see your tax returns? Yeah. Have you ever walked into your attorney's office and asked to see his estate plan? <laughs> These people, and yeah. God love you, okay, I love all the listeners I don't love the trolls. Well, they've been encouraged to be, do what you're about to say. I know, but I appreciate the trolls because you just make us look um, nicer, okay? Yeah, than, it's helpful. And we need we need all the help we can get. I need all the help <laughs> I can get to look nicer, okay? Because sometimes I'm accused of being too intense. Listen, I've got nothing but love in my heart. Mm -hmm. I'm smiling on the inside every day, okay? <laughs> Seriously. The idea and I don't care where you've heard it, whether you think you're privileged or entitled or not, to ask, let me see your policies. In the first 10 minutes of an interaction. Oh, no question. I mean, at all, but to be yeah. to open the door and say, show me your financial. And then do you go to your investment advisor, quote unquote, and say, <laughs> quote unquote. let me see your portfolio. You know, and, and I probably would discourage that because your average investment advisor probably doesn't have a portfolio. <laughs> and okay, but it's all in fixed income. <laughs> 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 uh, and, and I get the, the, the one guy out there selling annuities or whatever, you know, and he, he'll put out 15 annuity contracts. So you can feel good about buying an annuity. I understand that. And I'm just saying that, um, don't ask your agent, advisor, first off, let me see all your policies. Or do you even have well, let's one? Let's put it this way. If you want to do that, just <clears throat> move on. Find someone who's willing to do that. I, I think that, and I don't think an agent should be willing to do that, but I'm not the IBC police. If somebody else wants to do that, go on ahead. Understand, though, that where I'm coming from, I think where we're coming from, is that we're confident enough in what we do in our own lives. We do practice what we preach. I don't need to prove it to anybody. Right. Well, and I think if, you, if you're a practitioner of any sort, agent, advisor, I don't care of what level, what products you use, what products you promote, if you're not doing it yourself, you should quit. Yeah. My opinion. Mm -hmm. Right. So if you're selling, and I heard a long time ago in my, I've done uh, life insurance financial advisor, whatever, 29 years. And I've gone to so many sales mm. conventions and company conventions. I'm human. I make mistakes, right? Um, I heard a guy one time say, oh, and I think he was talking about annuities. Right? Annuities, they're, they're for selling. They're not for buying. Mm. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. I mean, you suspect that you're in the wrong room? <laughs> Until something like that is said, and then it's confirmed you're in the wrong room, and you're looking, oh, how do I leave? Um, so my point is that if you're giving advice, of it, if you're a real estate investor, I don't care what it is, if you're, especially in the financial world, mm -hmm. if you're writing life insurance or promoting, encouraging your people, your prospective clients to do whatever it is you're encouraging them to do, by God, if you're not doing it, then you should quit. Mm-hmm. Right, Absolutely. And if you're paying pennies and asking them to pay dollars, you should quit. Mm -hmm. Or you should at least increase your thinking, right? If you're paying $5,000 a year in premium and you're asking someone else to pay $50,000, there should be a little bit of a disconnect. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, you, it's like, well, James, I can't pay it yet, but I'm trying. Okay, keep trying harder. I'm just saying. Absolutely. Um, so I'm with you. I mean, um, you want to see a drawer full of paper? 
You want to see a drawer full of policies? Yeah, and that's my that's, wife doesn't even know how many policies we own or how much premium she has. She's a smart girl. She has an idea. Yeah, but I don't want her to get hung up in numbers. I like when you t- talk about how you know the uh, the re- regional salesperson, the representative from the company, you know, call in and ask. How much premium are you going to write this year, James? Don't ask me. <laughs> as much as possible. How oh much are you going to pay as much as possible? Twice as much as you. Okay. Oh. <laughs> oh. I love all the people in the life insurance industry. You yep. know, I'm not just, you know. Anyway, so that's one of the our, you know, shared value that we have there. So that's, and then the idea of mutual benefit, getting back to what I was talking, you know, the, the four main points in that talk, you know, the idea of mutual benefit, the, you know, for agents, for new agents, uh, you know, the practitioner, the NNI practitioner program has a, it's a PDF. There's a PDF of the contract online accessible to the public. You can go get it and see what it means to go through the practitioner program. Right. And what they ask for, what the Institute asks that the mentor and the mentee, at least on a minimum, basis decide that's available for the public that's available yeah you can go right there and get it i should go to that site more often yeah it's there uh and i said this from the stage and you know board sitting right there and so this is all not you know publicly available information you know they in order to become a practitioner part of that or part of that arrangement is that you agree to split the commission from a certain number of mutually decided cases right Mm. and my point is that that's not enough. That is not enough. I don't see how that can work long term. How do you how do I expect to learn what you have to teach after 29 30 years in the business in the 6 months it'll take to split three cases or however long three right. whatever it is. It's not that is a short sighted. That is a refusal to think long range. It's a violation of Nelson's principles. Mm-hmm. And it's a, it's a it's a. It's also a failure to capitalize. It's, it's a anti-capitalist. It's a, yes, it's the anti-capitalist mentality, and that's yeah. exactly what I called it on the stage. And people need to stop it. You know, look for that. Stop uh, it. Understand the value of what can be gained there. Be selective about who you choose to work with, and then lay it down, man. Right. I even mentioned the idea of submission. You should be willing to submit to an authority figure in the business you want to be in in order to learn as much as there is to learn, in order to go out and create as much value as you can. What and why are we? And I said I had to tell him it's okay, it's okay to make a commission, earn one, split it one. It's I mean, okay if you continue that beyond the the industry, the mentor mentee relationship, the idea of mutual benefit. I mean, your clients, if you if you're paid properly, you're going to remain in business mm-hmm. and remain available and remain valuable, right? Um, and the idea of mutual benefit is the very basis of life insurance yeah your people your clients their family their generations to come whom you will never have the opportunity to meet they're all going to benefit so much more than you Mm -hmm. and then the idea of this zero-sum game you're not losing anything for them to benefit generationally and they're not losing anything because you were paid a commission (laughs) I mean, oh my gosh, yeah. it's the idea of sales being bad in our society is uh, not only anti-capitalist. It's toxic. It is very toxic and it's socialist, mm. period. Yep. Period. And no wonder that idea is conveyed from every platform, audio, visual, TV, radio, and print. 
um, capitalism is what has made the most successful advances in our civilization. Mm -hmm. right? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's okay to participate in that. No question. And it's not only is it okay, it's very beneficial. It's yeah. mutually beneficial for all parties involved. Absolutely. And to me, for the life of me, I can't understand why somebody is afraid for someone else to be profitable. And then mm. commission is almost a bad word. Yeah. Right. And, and, and why it, it shouldn't be a bad word. Now, nobody wants to be abused and sold something that they don't want. Nobody right. wants to be lied to or misled. Mm -hmm. And does that happen in the sales profession? It happens in every profession. Right. Um, it's like being afraid to go to church because there's hypocrites there. It's like you never asked that question about Walmart. Well, by God, as soon as you walk through the door, the, the <laughs> congregation is flawed. Right. Yep. Right? I mean, well, me. Okay, as soon as I walk through the door, the yes. congregation. The congregation is flawed. You know why? Because I'm man. I'm a human being, mm -hmm. right? Um, but that doesn't mean that all voluntary exchange conducted on a mutually beneficial basis where each party has done their research and has moral character oh. is thereby necessarily evil. Oh, oh! if you don't have uh, sufficient moral character, I don't think you're going to be in business very long. But you won't. You won't. Thank gosh. That's, yeah. that's a byproduct of capitalism that's in the free market. markets. Yes, there's a price on immorality. Yes. And it's expensive. And I'm coming for you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it can be very profitable in the short term, right? There's pleasure in sin for a season, but the end thereof is death. Woo. So. And laying it down. So that was the idea of paying your dues. Oh, well, the, that was the idea of mutual benefit. And then it got into the idea of paying your dues. I already mentioned it here earlier, you know, that everybody should be willing to pay their dues. And that one point I didn't bring out yet was that the, you know, when the agent sells from the illustration, when they're like, here, look at this nice, pretty piece of paper with numbers on it that's not a contract that might have this big old bold print that says that what you see on this page is not going to happen because it violates all of our ratios. You make a sale based on that in the first hour that you're having a conversation with somebody, you're not gaining a client no, no. there. You're purchasing a liability. And the individual who engages in that kind of transaction two, three, four, five years down the line, they're getting ready to write a check for this amount of premium, wondering what the heck am I doing? They're going to be sorely disappointed. The The individual, the client, their family, it's not going to perform. It's not going to, it's not going to provide the expectations. It's not going to deliver what they thought they were purchasing. And that's the problem. And from my perspective, um, you know, I'm not perfect, right? I try to be the light, try to be the example and try to point out what's wrong and why when you it's appropriate. You talked about this. Go on. You talked about this, the idea of classification. Oh my gosh, I did. I did. And, and two, this is going to come out. We, we did a podcast. We did an episode talking about the think tank prior to going. And now we're, this episode is now we've returned, yep. right? I did, I did have the opportunity to work in Nolan's mandate from God, yep. and proper classification. And, and I thoroughly enjoyed that. So, Which is why I had to follow up with, it's time to build the ark. I, Get I, to work. The flood is coming. It is coming. You're going to be ready? Y'all going to drown? I don't want to see that happen. No question. Uh, no. My, my talk was, you know, not to break off into it, but I am. You know, my talk was about the fundamentals, the basics. Nelson made it very easy for the listener and for the practitioner. Very simple. And it's almost too simple that the academician, not you, not Bob, not anyone in particular, in general, the 
the overthinker. Yeah, the engineer can complicate it. It's so simple. The four fundamentals, just like you know, you've referenced it as well. It is so simple. Just pay a premium. Use a properly designed policy, properly structured policy with a practitioner who is educated, right, with the mutual company that has uh, stability, long-term, highly rated, well-run is the way I phrase it, mm-hmm. and and get to it. This, this trying to adjust, you know, base and PUA or term or no term, a blended PUA, Ooh. blended PUA with a blended term, which is an insurance company construct, right? Nelson Nash's ground-up thinking, the blended PUA is an insurance company construct, and I shouldn't probably – well, I can go really deep into this. Well, that's yeah, that's a preview. I mean, there there will be more expansion on that in the future. That's it, legitimate. It is. So, no. my point being is, um, you talked about the importance <laughs> of classification and that it's okay to say this is what's right and this is what we think is not correct and these are the reasons why. Right. That's legitimate. That is legitimate. Yeah. And. Anyway. It's a fine line. We don't want to go be hard on anybody. And, and I know, you, well, I certainly was aware that I needed to say it at the start of my talk. It's like, listen, I'm not here to tell you that I'm right and you're wrong. Right. Right. To the agents, to the practitioners, to the guests who were there in attendance. That's not my point. What I'm, I'm going to say some things that you might disagree with. Mm-hmm. Right. But that, and that's okay. We can disagree. By gosh, it's okay for adult men and women to disagree on things. You know, right. the best I could do, because that was very good. The best I could do is add we instead of you. You know, <laughs> talking to the practitioner, you should do this. You should consider this, 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 and this. Yeah. I said we should consider this. Well, this, that's this. why they should. Or we think that's what we're doing. We've been invited to come and talk about what we do, our perspective. That's what we bring. That's our experience. So, of course, that's how that's going to be the nature of the admonitions, you know? And we have certain we have very strong reasons why we think the way we think about these things and it it's okay to tell other people people want to hear it they want to know right that's why we don't spend a dime on marketing this podcast and people pour in to watch it mm-hmm. and to speaking about marketing i loved how you phrased it in your talk you know people i think you said something to the effect of you know people ask me you know how i market and i don't <laughs> <laughs> Well, then, but, you know, then you'll be accused of like, no, that's exactly what you're doing with the podcast is your marketing. Now, listen, here's a shameless plug. If if you would like to work with us, if you would like to work with me, or you would like to work with Ryan Griggs, or you would like to work with us together, by all means, reach out. Our contact information is somewhere in or around this podcast, the notes, our websites, we are very easy to connect with. And I say that Too because um, I want to work with you. Yeah. He wants to work with you. And additionally, people use this podcast, videos that I've released for the last 10 years, as, mm-hmm. their, as their educational platform. And it, this podcast, the videos that we have released generally at no cost to the public, are not to train agents or for them to use in their sales funnels. And they do. All over North America, they use our podcast, our videos, as a way to train themselves, quote unquote. And this is not an agent training program. And so I'm just saying, whatever they're doing, whomever they are, we are not endorsing them in any way. 
All right. If you want to work with us, contact us. We're available. We'll even make it easy and pleasant for you <laughs> to receive what you want if it's possible. If right? it's yeah. if it's the appropriate fit. Yeah. If yeah. you if it, you have you know, correct expectations right. and understanding, and we are not even going to move forward until there's clarity on what to right. expect. And I'm I'm saying that because, well, for what I just said, but um, people have come to us mm. into my office contacted my office and they thought that they were working with someone affiliated with us mm-hmm. and they're not mm-hmm. right so i'm just saying unless you've contacted my office or ryan griggs you are not working with us and you're not working with anyone that we've endorsed Right. Now, we generally send people to the practitioner, the MNI. Mm-hmm. But let me tell you, just like the guy who ripped my content and people rip your content and people rip our content, some of them are recognized practitioners. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a one time in the practitioner program that you could, quote unquote, walk on. Now there's a vetting process. So there's practitioners in affiliated with NNI that I personally believe shouldn't be there. Mm. And I'm mm. not saying anything that the board doesn't know. Or okay? that you wouldn't say to anybody if they came I will up and asked you. tell them to their face. Yes. I'm in Alvarado, Texas. I'm Irish. <laughs> I'm getting old, but I can still hold my own. Yeah. Well, it needs to be said. You know, it needs to be said. And it's okay to tell people that, listen, this isn't for you. you exactly. Know? You want to go on and... Uh, misrepresent what Nelson Nash talked about, what was written in Becoming Your Own Banker and try to make it seem like what you're doing is IBC. You know, my view, we, we had this discussion, you know, uh, the IBC, the infinite banking concept, IBC is a trademark thing, right? There is a basis on which one party could sue another about the use of it. And it's pervasive. It's all over the place, right? Part of the practitioner contract is the, is the, the right to use the term. Right. And for other people that who aren't practitioners, it's not available. But sure enough, that doesn't stop them. And like you like you said, a lot of the people who are practitioners are using that. And and by gosh, they have the right to because they're practitioners. Right. And so we could spend all day talking about who needs to stop using this or that language. You know, but I ain't got enough time for that. Who who does? Who does I got policies to write, agents to work with, you know, people to empower, to teach. Yeah. You know, I got a PhD to write. I got work to do. Can and you, I don't want to spend Can you imagine all... getting up and trying to stomp out everything that's wrong in the world? Oh, my gosh. Who... So we depend on you to be able to vet that, to be able to separate the wheat from the chaff, to see where the cream is and where the, whatever the other part of that, of the dairy the blue milk. process oh. is. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm not the farmer in the group, but uh, you, we depend on you to do that. That's that's the that's the role that the individual consumer plays in this process is you got to be able to hear what the truth is and hear what the noise is. Proper and classification. Proper classification. Not saying we're perfect. I know. Oh my gosh, look at those two guys talking about how great they are. I get it. You know, it's not mistake. I talk about how great you are, not how great I am. Well, I appreciate that. You're Don't stop. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, we're not saying we're perfect, but we are saying that our philosophy is purposefully integrated and aligned with what we believe Nelson taught. And we had, he had a lot of, James had a lot of time, personal time with Nelson. I had as much as I could get, wish I had more, but 
That's the vein. That's the street we're running down. So if you want to do Nelson Nash's infinite banking concept, then we, we probably could work together. But if you don't, if you want to do something, if you want to compete with cash and get 95% liquidity in year one, day one, you know, next week, it's 90. Go get it somewhere else. The bastardization. Well, and I, and I talked well, to, wait, James, can't you just prove to me why that's wrong? Yes, I can. But well, give me time. Oh, wait, that's another, uh, Endeavor that needs time to prove. Yeah, and we'll right. get there, and we'll get there. We but listen, I'm there. not interested in debating. You know, there's not a single illustration in Nelson Nash's book that calls for that mutilated policy design. Well, I'm, I said it in when I spoke. It's like they illustrate wonderfully. So does Universal Life, and I know all you agents that are you know typing in conversation on this channel caps lock keyboard that, that keyboard loves iul go buy it and keep it to yourself all right i'm, I'm not interested in you no. life insurance agent how much you own probably not much <laughs> and how much you've written i'm not interested probably not much <laughs> right um so but if you want a policy that is going to illustrate to the nth degree go buy a universal life policy and switch you know put as much of that you can into the accumulating account value. Non-guaranteed. Are they actuarially the correct? Yes, that does not mean they're actuarially sound. Okay, so I digress a little, yeah. but... Um, I mean, we've spent a lot of time on illustrations and illustrations with respect to dividend paying whole life, but you know, other products can be illustrated, you know, technically speaking, universal life and all these other different Frankenstein oh machinations with it. My terminology. Uh, I named that a couple yes, of years ago. Yes, he did. Full credit. And uh, illustrations are not, I'm just so over it. Illustrations are not contracts. <laughs> They're not. I can show you whatever. If what do you want to see? nothing changes from this point forward Nothing. forever this Zero. is what this illustration or this premium is going to look like well dang everything is going to change <laughs> everything yeah you need to know what's in the contract what your rights are what is what the factors motivating and affecting the growth of different values in that policy are and how your behavior integrates with that and all of that is conceptual oh my god infinite banking concept you know infinite banking is uh, the an exercise in imagination reason logic and prophecy and imagination is more important than knowledge preach brother preach. yes so you i know my goodness we have to ask people to think about it you know uh, and that's okay yeah no that's the best thing that can happen is if you think about it big part of my talk what okay you want to let's get into the illustration by the way there's good ways to use illustrations right they're rare and you don't see them a lot, but there's helpful ways to do it, right? Sure. One of the things that you might think about doing, you know, we look on, let me say it this way. I ended the talk talking about the seen and the unseen, mm -hmm. right? An idea that comes from Corinthians, Second Corinthians 4.18, I think. And what you see on the illustration is one thing, but what is important, what matters, what will be, what will determine the future outcomes of your interaction between your behavior and that product is unseen. No question. So when I look at what that, let's say net cash value is out of year 30, okay, what does that mean? Part of what the, the, <laughs> I, the more and more I get into this and working with agents is saying, look, your role is to commute, my opinion is your role is to communicate and convey the value embedded behind what you see. 
right? That X amount or however much cash value, year 30, year 20, year 50, whatever it might be, that death benefit, that's a number on a page. What does that mean? That means your grandson's business. That means college, not, no, I don't like using that example. I don't. It could mean. It, it, yeah, in a future where could go higher education transforms itself. That's true. Yes. yes. Yeah. It'd be less expensive and probably more <laughs> legitimate, but um, it, it's the future business you're going to start. It's the medical bills you're going to pay for after the unexpected diagnosis for your spouse or loved one. It's going to be what you use to finance the, uh, the livelihood of your elder parent late in life because Social Security will be dead and government ain't going to help you out. Look, listen, right? Social Security is going to be here. The, it's just what are the dollars right. going to be it's worth. It's guaranteed, yeah. Sure. It could be passive income. It could be all of them. It, it could sure be could. an and asset, which it truly is an and asset. Listen, you know? the needs for capital are greater than we can even convey in one episode or the whole show. There's going to be plenty of them. Your need for capital is underestimated. Uh, I believe that if you, you think that you, there's any kind of calling or purpose to your life that you ought to prepare for it, and it's okay to be ready to finance into existence the things you're called to, produ- to produce, Preach. right? So that's, what, that, that's the role of it. It's, yes, we happen to sell the product by which you can implement the process, but the-, the I can't think of a better, higher calling, in my opinion, setting people free financially and you won't even potentially you won't even be able to meet them you won't yep. even have the pleasure of meeting it's like planting trees that are is going to produce fruit that you never participate in the impact like the okay. net present value of the impact that nelson nash one man had will have forever for as long as there are generations is incalculable is you might say it's infinite it is. Oh, what a concept. Hmm. Not by not. It, you know, I, I, I got to say that I began my talk with, it was framing the conversation. Mm-hmm. And, and I was given that topic, right? I mean, I was given a choice. And mm-hmm. says, I don't do marketing. And I don't do all the other things, which I've done my share of marketing. Look, at one time, I've done this for a long time, right? Um, at one time, we were doing 27 events a year. Mm-hmm. I know how to work. I am not afraid of work. I've done my share in someone else's. Okay, probably a couple of them. But mm-hmm. framing the IBC conversation, we all frame our conversations. And my point, my starting point was and, and remains, when the conversation moves away from mm. the banking function, mm. who's performing the banking function as it relates to you? When the conversation moves away from that, it generally moves into noise. Mm -hmm. Some of the worst noise that exists is in the financial world. The further away you move from that fact of who is performing the banking function in your life, the further into the noise you go. And illustrations, and ad finitum, on forever, that is just moving into the noise. Deeper and deeper and deeper you go. And it's all conversation, right? We can we can talk <laughs> about marketing. We can talk about this. We can talk about real estate. We can talk about HELOCs. We can talk. We can talk about everything you want. Estate planning. All of that is conversation until somebody writes a check, and you are not going to become your own banker to the level that you could unless you practice the infinite banking concept. Come on, man. My opinion, and I, quite frankly, believe I. If I can't prove it, I can support it. Well, there's like we said, there's a lot to be done as far as 
getting into the mathematical formulas and, and proving technically every little step and, we, and we're in that process i mean you know there's a I, lot to be when done i was talking i asked if there were any actuaries in the room <laughs> to prove me wrong and thank goodness there wasn't and if they were you know they'd they have agreed be, with you they would have agreed with me yeah and i'm not an actuary i don't have yeah. to be and i don't want to be god bless them yeah so yeah. one thing that i also mentioned from the front stage and we hear a lot about the different ways that people conduct their business and all of the various services that they provide to people i use the example of when i worked for a, one of the captive companies one of the big four for two weeks that's all i can two handle. weeks yep but uh, you need you didn't have enough patience or what you know <laughs> that, that was probably was it? It. <laughs> i'm sure it was my flawed being that yes. led me to not tolerate what i was surrounded by but uh <laughs> i want whatever it was i'm proud of it uh you know but there I, the idea there was you know we're going to serve as the coach you know can i ask yeah can I, without i mean i don't want to derail you sure, no, but i don't right. want to forget my point either that's all right i got to when you get to the big four you know how many vps i'm just asking a general question without naming any of the names with the big four um i think a couple of them have uh, several hundred VPs with 10, 15, 20 million dollar annual salaries. Hmm. You know how for that? Huh? Who's paying for How that? much premium does a life insurance company have to write? Hmm. All right. So what does the big four mean? Hmm. I'm just asking. It's all public. Not it's not all public it's information. Not. It's very difficult to find. Yeah. But it can be found, you know, my daddy used to say a blind hog can find an acorn. If you dig, but who has time to dig? Right. You know, I mean, I'm looking at data that was, this 2020, probably eight years old. Mm -hmm. And when you look at the list of VPs earning $20 million plus and there's 100 of them, mm. who is paying for that? Yeah, mm -hmm. the consumer. Oh, they're mutual companies, the policy owners. Mm. Oh, did you really vote for that mm. by proxy? right did you anyway i digress sorry no you're good and i'll add to that though you know we talked about I had a question about this recently the idea of mutuality versus the stock company versus the mutual holding company and, and you made the point too over the weekend in a conversation outside of the breakout sessions was like look if we only had stock companies to work with we'd work with stock companies yep. you know the and i so i had a person ask about a particular company and the way it was structured with its parent company and everything and i said look what matters is what's in the contract, right? This is about private contract. You know, you need to know what your rights are. You know, mutuality is preferable to that end for certain reasons, right? <coughs> the idea of being the residual claimant, of receiving the, uh, your share of the surplus of that company's financial performance in that year, that matters. That's gonna have an effect on your future cash value. In fact, it motivates why we work with certain companies who have the non-direct recognition policy. I'm not gonna get into that here, but you know, all of that's important, no question. But at the end of the day, it's about what are your contractual rights within that contract. And then what do you do? Yes, your how do you actions. use them? Yes. Oh, human action. Is oh, the name at of the, the end of the day, Austrian economics. You know, textbook. if you can recognize what's going on and properly classify things, you'll know what to do, yeah. right? And it, and it, when we teach our clients, right? I mean, we we it's not like they're ignorant, right? But we educate our clients to see how do you determine what your actions, how your actions affect the policy, mm. and. The owner, the actions of the owner have a greater bearing on the result of that policy than even the life insurance company. Yeah. If we're using life insurance companies mm -hmm. that are 
well run. It's properly run. Yep. Optimally run. Just just be a great or good mutual life insurance company and then leave me alone. Mm-hmm. Right? Because it is a contract and it's a unilateral contract. It's I'm buying straws a one way street. Mm-hmm. Right? So if it's structured correctly and and you can take a Frankenstein policy and not be hurt, right? But you can't <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could do so much better if it's yeah, constructed it's a correctly. Question of optimizing. And then working with a competent advisor, agent, practitioner. Yeah, who knows all the things that can go wrong and how oh to avoid them. Oh my gosh. Because things can go really, really wrong. No, oh, they can't. You Look, know, like there's... when you cut an illustration short and avoid the uh, major taxable. That's just manipulation. Five years after. That, and that's really what ticks me off. If, 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 if an individual is out there. Uh, I don't care if they think their heart's in the right place. Um, you know, you can judge a fruit. I mean, you can judge a tree by its That's fruit. True. You can, I mean, I'm just saying, like, you know, don't, if it walked like a duck and talked like a duck and quacked like a duck, it's a duck. It's probably not a giraffe. Yeah. All right. It, it is not an eagle. <laughs> right. Okay. So my point being, speaking to your comment, if there's an illustration ninja, a guru, and they can craft this illustration knowing full well that it's not soundly built. Mm. Um, I've mm. got a problem with that. Either mm. they're ignorant and don't know, but by gosh, if they can craft that illustration to that degree, mm. I think they know. Mm. Then their character comes into question. Right? Yeah, you, can go that, you can go as far down that rabbit hole as you want and try to work with them, train them, you know, all this. Yeah, you know, God bless you. Spend as much time as you like. You know, you mentioned one thing, and I like want to highlight the positive. Uh, you know, if you know what's going on, you'll know what to do. Clients who hear this message, agents who hear this message, who, then we, who we do then work with, it's so different. And I had a, so we get back, it's late last night, you know, I, and I have a client, I don't name him because I didn't ask permission, but young guy, early 20s, paying substantial premium, paying more premium than most, many, many of the people watching this good podcast. Yeah, highly productive, you know, in a good industry, uh, making a lot of income, paying a lot of premium and wants to pay more. Gonna, there'll be another policy coming up. Um, the quality of the questions asked is like, dude, Not we just bad. need to stop for a moment and reflect and let me express my appreciation for this kind of, for, for your level of engagement, unprompted, unsolicited. I'm not going out assigning people tasks. I or, bet he listened to uh, several podcasts more than well, once. Well, he knows who I'm talking about, and you know, that's, you know who I'm talking about. Good and, job, young man. Yeah. I do not know who he's talking about. I've mentioned his name before. I'll tell you later, but he's, okay. um, Good job. he's doing very well. I mean, that, that kind of interaction, I mentioned this briefly from the stage too. It's like the when you do have a mutually beneficial and an acknowledgement of the importance of mutual benefit, and when you've got the substantial level of communication, which was another point that I made, uh, that I made clear, when you understand the value in paying your dues, when you have a minimally sufficient shared value set, and, and then you go do business, I mean, my goodness. I, and I, 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 when I first got into the IBC and the financial world, especially when I worked for that captive company, you know, you hear things about a 12 to 18 month sales cycle. You know, you're going to have to talk to somebody for, you know, 20 to 40 hours before anybody ever signs on the dotted line. It's like, my goodness, you know, okay, maybe that's for somebody. You want to go ahead and do that. Be my guest. Not for me. 
Not for me. It's not that we're afraid to do the work, you know, come down here on a regular basis to put this kind of message out, all the value that goes into the production here. I think the, the level we deliver, it looks like, you know, uh, it would take an, all, an awful lot of work. Like we work all Man, week doing pe- this. People, <laughs> and the, the, some of the questions. No, so, so we just walk in and start talking, turn the lights on. and Some of the questions were so sweet at the, the think tank. Like, Man, do you guys have like a team or, or, or a company that you work with to produce all yeah. that? And I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, it's just tens of thousands of dollars that goes into every episode. <laughs> <laughs> we, we could be open for uh, clothier Listen, uh, the men's clothing companies, okay? <laughs> We're not we, ashamed to dress well. We will subtly <laughs> mention your name. We could have a conversation about that. There won't be any ads, but we, you know, might throw your name out every now and then. If you send I mean, a we, have a, we have a lot of young... Size 44 long, I'm just saying. <laughs> we have a lot of uh, professionals that listen, and yeah. I'm sure they dress very well, and I'm sure that they would, you know... Potentially be interested. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let me say too that you know when you're speaking to the young man, yeah. that, the substantial premium. It kind of reminds me. Um, I did a um, um, an interview, kind of I had a guest, Adam Edwards, on, mm-hmm. and I'm mentioning that for this reason. I had a lot of commentary, like, "Oh, this is a really gay, great podcast because you're you know you're an average all American individual." Listen. You do not have to be wealthy to mm. practice the infinite banking concept. I know there's all kinds of examples out there of showing $100,000 in premium or $50,000 in premium a year or 10000 a month or 500000 The only reason someone doesn't pay a million dollars a year in premium is because they don't have the ability yet. Right, if they know and understand what's going on mm-hmm. with life insurance structured this way, let me just say that you can move the decimal point either way. Mm. Right, mm. so you have to start where you're at, whatever level that is, and don't be afraid to start. Just because you start doesn't mean the journey's over. Right, amen. It's just starting. Mm-hmm. So get started at the biggest level that makes sense to you in your whomever you're working with, right? Um, I'm just saying, don't be intimidated by these conversations about real estate investors and entrepreneurs and the and big business fact, most owner. most of that is goff into the noise anyway. You there, know, somebody's got, got, creating those presentations, right, to, to mesmerize you and how great it is. Listen, I've got all these made-up numbers about what all this property's worth, right? And I just like you said, I loved it. You know, if I'm at the bank trying to get a loan, the value's up here. But if I'm about to pay taxes, the value's down here. Sure. <laughs> it's like, where is it? Ain't nothing worse than nothing until somebody's paying for it. Right. So you got all these made-up numbers numbers and they're willing to tell you oh it's worth this and this and i got all this property and it's cash flow and all this and that it's like you know listen i'm getting hungry so look I'm, well, <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying i'm it's like david david stern shared his all of their policies you know and and god bless him i admire him greatly for that the first policies we started i'm embarrassed of how small they are mm. today Mm-hmm. Looking back at the time, Same for me, I mean, at the time, they're like, "Oh my gosh, my wife, where are we going to get the money?" Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, start where you're at. The key is to get started, right? Not that doesn't mean run out and educate your uh, local property and casualty agent or your cousin who just got a license or your brother or whomever. Yeah, right. You start at home. You, you. The individual. And you, yeah, and connect 
with somebody who knows what is going on with the infinite banking concept as Nelson Nash teaches well, and or pe- taught. Because people ask that. He's still teaching. He, he might not be here, but that man is still teaching. Listen. And, you know, people ask, you know, what's the, I want to share this with so-and-so. And, and it's like, listen, the best way to teach anything to anybody is to tell them what you are already doing and why. And if they want to adopt that for reasons that you present to them that they may not have been aware of, like, for example, the fact that you have an enormous need for capital and therefore a need, a demand for a developing the optimal place to park that money. My need capital. is so great, I can't pay a premium. <laughs> well, and, okay, and I was going to mention you know, the idea that you don't have to be super wealthy to do this. Uh, was it part two, part three, Nelson Nash becoming your own banker? You know, the, the problem that he's using average Joe, he's using average Joe, $28,500 in net annual income. That's the average. He's banking, right? And we assume we take lofty assumptions about his savings habits, probably an overgeneralization, but it's it's lenient. You know, we're being kind. We're, we're taking the angelic intentions approach we're saying that it's better than it is and it's still good you know so yeah you don't have to you don't have to be all there i can't do it because i don't pay enough or i had someone ask you know what i don't know if you know, i'm young he's i think he was 21 uh working just about to get out of college in the computer technology world and he's like you know i don't know if i can afford your time and i said well well they can't they, <laughs> they couldn't well, and Thank I goodness the insurance company pays you. Exactly. I, I'm just saying. That's exact, but that was exactly my point. I was like, there's people who become And we know the people. consumer pays for everything. Yeah. I mean, we're going to go have lunch. And that and that's okay. The restaurants but, are not going to give us lunch. Right. we got to yes. pay for it. And we're going to enjoy it. And it's going to be great. Right. But Probably it, barbecue. It, yes. <laughs> I can't wait. Uh, but the, you know, it it's okay to work with someone who's who's making a commission. It's okay to 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 be willing to pay someone to know that they're getting paid. Uh, but I, I wanted, to, I wanted I, to get back to that point that, you know, this idea, and I talked about it from the stage that, you know, that coach that, you know, the, at the captive company, there's that mentality that, you know, you got to be the coach that the, that the advisor is going to do for you what the football coach does for the team. You know, they're going to be there on the sidelines to support you and all this. And it's like, look, you want to be the agent. You want to be all things to everybody. God bless you. You're going to need his help anyway because that's going to be a lot of work. Um, you know, I'm not personally interested in that. You know, I, if I wanted to be an accountant, I would have been. You know, it would have been. I could. I did well in those classes. I love numbers, but I hate moving them from one page <laughs> in one format to another. But like, well, like the IRS codes change, so now you got to redevelop your whole understanding of all that. And what? Listen. Somebody that's for somebody, right? Pay the attorney. April's too. coming up. I'm gonna need some. Someone needs to handle all of that for me, right? I'm not interested. Um, so there's a, there's a, a place a for that. Coach. There's a that? there's a place for someone who yeah. wants to play around with the numbers all day. Sure. You know, my role is not that. My view, my philosophy, my place in this business is not that. It's to educate the individual, be they an agent or be they a client, to properly understand and implement dividend-paying whole life built for the infinite banking concept to be used the way Nelson Nash would have taught it, and to the best of my ability, whatever that might, whatever imperfect degree that might be. You know, so the, you know, if you want to collect everyone's tax returns and, you know, put a budget together for them and, and give them a, a nice guy, you know, not being hard on anybody, but the idea that we're going to lay out a life plan for you <clears throat> and, you know, this is what you're going to do every year for the rest of your life. Look, I, 
they're good. I'm sure there's a place for that, right? <laughs> but my job is I don't want to inhibit you anyway. We already underestimate the our ability to produce and to bring value in the future. You know, you think somebody living a hundred years ago would have thought that the quality of living and the ability to to generate value a hundred years hence, you think that they knew had any idea about what that looked like? No. It's like, okay, so I'm gonna slap expectations on that and I'm gonna put a ceiling on what you think you can do. Listen, my job is to <laughs> inspire you to go in the right direction. Right. You know? And keep going. And keep going. If you fall off, you know, if you fall in the ditch, come back. We're, we're here. We'll help yes. you get you back on the track. policy's built right. We can have the conversation. It'll accept the variation yeah. in future income. Nelson used to say, you know, you got to help keep them between the lines. And you do, I think, as yes. a coach, as a financial coach, practitioner, um, because we're, we're, we are surrounded by noise. They are surrounded by noise. It is relentless. Yes. Um, and everybody's telling us that we should put our money in the market or wherever, wherever they're putting it is primarily where they're telling us to put it. <laughs> um, it is easy to get the noise on you and it's difficult to get it off of you and keep it off of you. Mm, so it's a daily challenge. Yeah. Um, and it's legitimate and, and it's worthy of the effort to keep the noise off of us. And, and, our, and I'm just saying our clients are no different. Yeah, you know, it's I mean, okay to continue to listen to every one of these episodes and to go back and start over again or to listen to whatever source you believe is providing the value you need to keep immer- to keep yourself immersed within, you know, as soon as you as soon as you say, "Oh, no, I've got it." As soon as you've arrived, Ooh. my gosh, the noise turns up. You know, um, I got we talked about stories from the front lines. I think that podcast is coming out or that episode's coming out with yeah, that title. It'll be out already by this time. This one's out, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I got to say, um, at this event, Nelson National Institute, a, a, a new practitioner mm. came, lovely young lady. We had a great conversation. And she's she was much younger. She's probably in her 30s here. I'm 56. And my heart went out to her. Because mm. right, she's trying to grasp this idea of becoming your own banker and dividend paying whole life insurance with yeah. a mutual company. And she says, but I'm a CFP. My investors are high net worth, accredited investors. And they, and they of Uh-oh. course, treat her like the water boy, uh-huh. you know, the water girl. Um, always, you know, at their beck and call, jump and snap. And then she's uh, not satisfied or fulfilled individually. And Who would be? Or Whoa. financially, or she wouldn't be there trying to find something new. And, but she just kind of was like, I don't understand. You know, I don't know how this. I'm like, have you read Nelson's book? Sure. And I'm like, well, um, I appreciate your high net worth people, clients, right? And your um, accredited investors. And you're a CFP. I said, um, you know, I've gone through the CFP coursework. I don't have a bachelor's degree, which is now required to have a CFP. And it was, I'm not going to be a CFP. I'm not going to pay okay. them for the right to use their uh, their acronym, their letters. Yeah, their letters, um, which is, in the, in the, and it's one of the most heavily advertised Listen, just go, just go pull up the syllabus and, and show me, I rarely ask that people send me an email, but pull up that curriculum and show me where it says infinite banking on it. Oh, no, and pull up Paul Samuelson in his mm. history. You talked about mm-hmm. him. But I asked her, I said, listen, um, and I understand where you're at, and it seems to me like, the uh, I had a conversation of arbitrary numbers, 
<laughs> right. So the, your client is going to come to you, the financial professional, and y'all are going to use arbitrary numbers. And we're, as a financial professional, we're going to use this. arbitrary numbers, right? So we're going to get together and you're going to tell me how old you are right now. And then we're going to determine when you're going to retire in an unknown future. You don't know. I don't know. But we have to agree upon an arbitrary number. What are the tax brackets going to be when you retire? I don't know. You don't know either. But we're going to agree upon an arbitrary number. What's the internal rate of return on whatever investment you want to use between now and this unknown time? You don't know. I don't know either. But we're going to agree on an arbitrary number. All right. Now, once you retire, and we're just agreeing on a date (laughs) in the future, how long are you going to live? What is your life expectancy? You don't know. I don't know. As a matter of fact, that's not even your business. That's God's business. Mm. You don't even, you Mm. can affect that briefly, you know, go hang gliding, cliff jumping, (laughs) whatever. Uh, Okay. Or you can live clean and eat clean and live free. Okay. But my point is we're going to take all of these arbitrary numbers. We're going to stuff them in my little black box. And then I'm going to spit out what used to be back in the day, you know, a 300-page financial plan. And you're going to pay for that, right? And and this is going to give you success in your retirement. But we'll just make adjustments along the way. We'll review every year. You know, to make these adjustments. I'll have a new product to sell you then. So <laughs> no question. And it's like really to fill all these holes that from I'm the get go be we're confident. Creating. Yeah, I'm gonna be confident um, on all of these arbitrary numbers. You the consumer is gonna be confident. But oh the professional advisor, he's gonna get paid or they're gonna I'm get paid. I'm about to paid. say, by gosh, you're fixing to pay for it too. Yeah, somebody's gonna get paid. So it's like, well, you either have that and I'm talking to this young CFP professional, mm-hmm. right, who's at the Nelson Nash Institute think tank. I'm saying, or you can understand the characteristics of dividend-paying whole life insurance and the value of capital and where to store capital mm. and how much capital can you get into one of these things and then just finance everything you're going to finance anyway, right? And now I don't have a cap. I don't have a limit. You know, it, it, is, it is the unknown future, right? It, it is... How much can I participate in with my mm. own capital? And I could care less what the markets are, what the interest mm. rates are. Let me do what I was going to do anyway. And then the average individual says, well, James, I am i don't have a business. I'm not a real estate investor. I'm not this or I'm not that. So it's not for me. Not true. You're driving cars. How many cars are you going to drive over your lifetime? That's a lot. Of, there's a lot of capital money blowing through everyone's hands. Mm-hmm. How much of that can you redirect and have it come back to you? So anybody can do it, and we don't have to be. If we're going to be arbitrary, then give me the maximum mm. potential, the maximum opportunity, right? Don't limit me on with things I cannot control: interest rates, market returns, inflation. I mean, just give me a Better place reserve. to put capital that is relatively safe primary secondary guarantees and i have access to it personal property and then maybe maybe let me finance what i was financing anyway and maybe let me take advantage of opportunities that are going to appear because you have access to capital oh my gosh and it yes it is that simple it is that simple (laughs) okay thank you for letting me yeah carry that story from the front line though Absolutely. Which I think is going to become a segment, right? I know you're ready to eat. Stay with me, young no, man. You're Stay good. with me. You're good. You're good. All right. um, as a financial professional, right? And I appreciate, we appreciate the listeners, the financial professionals, right? What we 
I'm not interested in is the armchair quarterbacking. Don't interpret for me. I speak English. Yeah. Uh, I can convey a message. And I'm not interested in what you're doing that's opposed to what we're talking about. I'm not interested in giving you a platform in what you believe. So if you want a platform, go create your platform. Okay. Yeah. But rest assured, this young man knows how to write. Right. And so whenever you uh, feel the need to share and impart your wisdom with nefarious reasons, really, you're promoting your own idea or your own product, you are entering into territory that you're fair game. So Absolutely. we will talk about you. And I'm not, if I had this happen, an agent who, you know, he's interviewing with one of the big, or a prospective agent interviewing with one of the big four. And I said, well, okay. I mean, if you're into infinite banking, I, that, that's not the way I would go. And he then wanted me to explain and convince him why going a different direction would be the right idea. And I said, you know, I, I respect your right to go engage in free contract with whomever you want. And, you know, we, we put a lot of work into being very present and transparent and consistent on this podcast called Banking With Life. You can go and investigate everything that you might need to know to, de to decide whether or not you want to work with me. So I'm, I'm just not interested in, a, in attempting to persuade or convince you right. of my worth. I don't feel, I don't feel uh, self-conscious about that at all. I don't need to justify it to you, uh, which, you know, he maybe didn't know or understand that that could be the position because he's got surrounded by all these recruiters who are oh my leaping out of their chair to swarm fulfill you. their uh, production requirements You've at their experienced captive company. That. I mean, a couple of years ago, Several years ago when you were coming in. Listen, they have a wonderful oh siren gosh. song to sing you, and that's the point. It sounds good. I mean, if that's, if that's what you want to hear, they will sing it. Oh. And have that. I mean, it's just, and I'm past the point now of saying that's wrong or this is right. It's at the end of the day, that, that can be whatever it is. The, the moral status of this or that way to go can be whatever it is. I'm confident in what we're doing, and this is how it is. This is how it's going to be, and it's going to be good, right? We tell had good. had a couple agents who attended for the first time. You know, a father son team. They know who they are. I'm not going to say any names, but great individuals. Wonderful. Had a great time. Shared a few meals. You know, they know it's going to be good. And one thing I didn't say in the talk that uh, I meant to say it. You know, know. the yeah. quibbling among agents about this or that commission rate. You know, if anybody in the financial community should know the difference between rate and volume, it should be the agent. <laughs> no question. And so if you're coming at me talking about- Their well, volume this, is low, so they're and, focusing on the rate. Yeah. <laughs> this or that. Oh, they're, they're paying me five or 10 points or 15 points more. And I'm like, I don't care. Because at the end of the day, you, I'll, I will happily accept a 10 or 15 point lower pay scale if I know I'm in the right place. If I know I'm gaining the value no I'll question. need to go out and produce at a high level, I'll outproduce them. And at the end of the day, the volume of cash coming my way is going to beat him with his little measly rate higher, whatever it might well, be. Well, that just goes to show that the noise, that's noise from the financial person's perspective. Yep. That's a noise that they're surrounded in and they're focused on the noise. Whenever you focus on the client, in my opinion, when you focus on who's performing the banking function and how to solve that and how to put the client in the position to become their own banker, I mean, oh my gosh, the the you can't handle the volume. Can't handle it. 
that's where we're at, preparing you know, for the flood. That's right. And so then there's duplication, replication. You know, how many, look, 400 Affirmation, advisors in or affiliated with the Nelson Nash Institute, not all of which are worthy. Mm. Okay. Then there's a thousand other bastardizations of Nelson's work on YouTube, every channel out there on social media and in print. Um. Some of which are fine, but yeah, I'm not many saying, of which aren't. And, and let me say, too, that I, and I'm only, when I'm speaking negatively of the financial advisor, I'm not speaking negatively, negatively of every financial advisor on an individual basis. I'm talking yep. specifically to the trolls. Yep. All right, so everyone else, if you're not a troll, then you know you're not a troll. I'm not talking to you. Yep. I love you. Right. Right. Absolutely. It's the troll that I'm speaking to. Right. And everybody knows them and no one likes them, although they're entertaining and engaging. I get they have a value. Right. Yeah. Okay. Entertainment I just, value. <laughs> yeah, they, they really do. <laughs> I'm just saying 320, 330, 340 million people in America, and there's maybe 400 advisors recognized practitioners they're not certified there's no certification there's no certification you're not they're certified. recognized as have gone through nelson nash institute training it's an authorization learn something about austrian economics a little bit right and they're and they know something about life insurance a little bit of something. <laughs> not enough right i mean but they're all there as students so they're making an effort yes Right, so better than the rest. They're distinct, in my opinion, from the rest. And I'm not talking about the walk-ons, quote unquote. That right. wasn't even my terminology. I heard that over the course of the last. Which few I days. don't fully understand. I mean, I don't know how that. Ha- like, how, how do you just walk on? Like, is it a park? But that's no, okay. no, it's like that, they but. they walked on. They 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 became recognized practitioners prior to the interview the process. process. Yeah. Right. So now, Someone's if you want to become line, a practitioner, you have to be interviewed by the board members. There's yes. three now. One's down, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have to go through the coursework. And then at one time you had to have a mentor. Um, and that's kind of, that's flowing. You know, that's, that's developing and evolving. And that was that's really, it. that's yeah. re- really the reason I said many of the things I said from the stage is because I think I've, I'm not trying to like puff myself up here, but you know, we've had a successful mentorship relationship. That's just yep. a fact of the matter. Sure. And, so there are certain things that must have gone right, right? And so we want to pull those out. I didn't say this either. My goodness, I didn't have enough time. But there was, you know, the reason that I was doing all of that. They gave you two weeks to prepare. I know. <laughs> <laughs> the reason I was, it'd be, when I got into that, there, that didn't exist. Right. There, were some, there was some basic logistic information about the, the steps that would be taken up until, you know, getting through the program and then being a mentor or being a mentee. But that's it. You know, there was no, this is what you should expect. This is what you should be looking for. This is what might happen. This is what could go right. This is what could go wrong. This is the conversation to have beforehand. That's why I was laying all that out for people is like, be aware. This is your opportunity to be intentional about that whole process. And they needed to hear it. And that's, and part of that mutual benefit and part of that, that relates to what I was just talking about, that rate versus volume, the quibbling about commission. You know, I, I tell, uh, people, agents who work with me now, listen, it's going to be good, right? The, the, the pay is going to be good and we're going to have this conversation one time and then I don't want to hear anything else about it. And if there's an error, if something goes wrong, we can raise that. There's been errors and commit, believe it or not, 
life insurance companies populated by fallen human beings make mistakes. What? I get that. That's okay. It's not, I'm not saying that we can't talk about the mistakes that are made that can then be corrected. That's fine. Sure. But the ongoing quibbling, I, I'm so not interested. If, you, if your decision about who to work with, which company to work with as an agent in this business is motivated by five or 10 points or 15 points or whatever the amount of points is in, in any direction, move on. If it's based on commissions anyway, yeah. you should move on. I mean, every worker is worthy of his hire. Go do the work. Yes. Go do the work. Be of service to your clients. Do the right thing. Lead by example. Right, you go do it yourself. Show others how to do it, and you can't handle the volume of people that want your help. If the amount of time that many agents spend quibbling about this or that commission from this or that company, if that time was spent on I don't know reading human action, developing an understanding of Austrian economics, thinking about their own practice, how they in particular can benefit the people in their particular little circle or their area of influence, if that little trade-off was made. Oh my gosh, That's just what would things economic. look like? Spend some time on how to um, integrate uh, life insurance, the infinite banking concept with charitable giving Ooh. with the churches. Um, I don't gosh. know. It, it's like it, a whole series right there. Oh my gosh, there's so much work to do and quibbling over what is essentially crumbs, in my opinion. Rates of return. It, it's the mm. same thing. It's noise. It's noise. It's noise. It is noise. So it's okay to come off that. It's okay to come off that and look for character, look for morality, look for value, look for the kind of a personality overlap. Not everyone can work with everybody else. It's okay to choose someone you like to work with. You know, it's that's fine too. Uh, and if you don't like them, then oh, that's let, okay wait, to pass. You're going to well. force me into a contract and you're going to force me to do business with you? I hear like, about it from these poor, and I <laughs> oh talk about gosh. your heart going out for them. Yes. You hear some of the new people who arrived this year, you know, who are talking about their current, the mentor that they'd been assigned in the past and how, and, and you just ask them open ended question, how How's that going? What have you learned? And it's like, um, well, not not much. And it's like my joy is being sucked away from me. It's okay to not put up with that anymore. Yeah. You know, your time's valuable. You can go squander it as much as you like. You know, if that's fun, if you derive value from wasting your time, by gosh, have at it. No one else, we're all a fairly libertarian minded crowd. Do you I'm an anarcho capitalist. But just but just be aware that there's an alternative. There is. And it's okay to say, listen, my time's important. The value I can produce for other people. That's really where it comes from, is that w- the agent has, has does not yet have a comprehensive, full understanding of the value they can provide. They That's undervalue right. their time and effort. Well, listen, and so they're uh, willing to put up with that nonsense. Yes. That's the problem. I, t- I kind of touched on that in my talk in a different way where – Whenever the conversation moves away from who's controlling the banking function in your life, you get off into the noise. And terminology in mm. the life insurance industry, in the financial world, is important. And when you use certain terminology, you're devaluing life insurance. You're devaluing the power of the infinite banking Just concept. Obfuscating. You're promoting the misinformation and the disinformation. Indulging the confusion. Oh, my gosh. And then and you 
How can you feel confident if you can't convey this idea clearly? If you need third-party software, mm. if I've got to use a HELOC or some kind of a spreadsheet to run 50 credit card balances through a life insurance policy to convey the idea of the infinite banking concept and the power of accumulating capital in the correct place and having access to that capital, then you're indulging in the noise. Yes. Right. Indulging dependence. Exactly. Dependence, right? I'm going to be dependent on some kind of a third party machination to convey this idea if I don't know my subject. And my subject is the infinite banking concept. Infinite, it's not finite. Banking, the movement of money, concept, abstract idea, and becoming your own banker. That is the 92-page book. That is the material. That is the subject you, sir, ma'am, should know and be able to teach. Mm. To a teacher. You should be able to, yes, convey. You should have a proper level of understanding. The agent. Of the subject to be able to not only to apply and convey it, but be able to teach it and then be able to teach a teacher. Mm. Leonard E. Reed. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we're using dividend-paying life insurance. Uh, you need to know something about dividend-paying life insurance. You need to know how to structure a policy correctly. Not rely on the home office because they don't know either. I said this in the room <laughs> with a full of home office people in there and whom I dearly love, and they were all smiling. And smiled and in agreement. in their head. Yeah, but wait, yeah. that third-party software, that proprietary software, cost me an arm and a leg per month. It must be valuable. Yeah, well, sure. You highly paid, you highly paid you know, insurance commissioned agent. You can afford it. Mm-hmm. Right. It's almost like you're saying that I'm going to pay one way or another. I'm going to pay my dues to somebody else who's going to give me software in which I can become dependent, oh. or I can pay my dues and invest in my own self, develop my own understanding, so and that I don't have to be dependent. And, and who would you? Who do you rather, want to work with? Who would you rather be? You mm. want to be dependent? Would you? Would you want your clients to be dependent or independent? Of course, your clients want to be. They're already independent. They don't want to be dependent upon you. Right, and if they do, uh, they don't. I'm t- trust me, they don't. they don't. They don't. So, and they don't need to be. They don't want to be, and they don't want to feel obligated to you either. And typically, so. any feeling of a need or a dependence or a, a reliance upon the agent for anything other than mutually beneficial, independent engagement on certain financial questions in the future, anything other than that is typically due to a. a, a area of ignorance, something that just isn't understood. If you know what's going on, you'll know what to do. It's true for the client. It's true for the agent. It's true for the policy design. It's true for the home office. It's true for the industry. And so if there's an area where we've substituted dependence for mastery, then the the proper way forward is to develop the education, to improve the understanding, rather than to I say play defense, you know, this whole idea of diversification. I've got to have a portfolio. I've got to, you know, diversify against. Okay, as I've said before, as you got it from Warren Buffett, diversification is protection against ignorance. Somebody asked Nelson one time, you know, what, you know, are you, aren't you worried about diversification? And he said, no, I am diversified. I'm diversified and lives insured. I'm telling you, look, when you diversify, it's a confirmation of you do not know what to do. And I mean, and that's okay. Look, yeah. it's, it's an opportunity to improve your understanding. You know, one thing that I didn't say, and I meant to say, you know, looking back, kind of, they ought to ask us back again. We have more to say. Oh, we have a lot more to say. <laughs> you know, Leonard E. Reed, Nelson Nash's mentor, wrote several books. I referenced him as far as levels of knowledge and understanding. But 
you know, he told Nelson one time, he's like, I'm behind on my writing. And I don't, I think he wrote 25 to 30 books, all are which available, free downloads at fee.org and mises.org. But he told Nelson one time, he said, I'm behind on my writing. You know, I'm busy and I need to take some time off so I can get caught up on my writing. So he took some time off and it didn't flow. Mm. So he had to go back to work so he could continue to write. Yes. Right. Um, That's where the inspiration comes from. I felt that. I'm telling there, you. You take a break and it's like, you know, a little time to breathe is fine, but you take any more than that and the, the day-to-day inspiration for what should be flowing is gone. And then I was listening to a psychologist who Nelson was a fan of, Jordan Peterson. He's like, mm-hmm. uh, listen, the path to resentment and bitterness and disappointment and depression is leaving unfinished the work that you should have done, Ooh. that you know that was up upon I'm you suddenly to do. convicted. Yeah, you know. Well, let me, I feel that, and it's uh, like, I'm well, I got to defend my time like viciously yes. in order to do this dang dissertation to do your work. And yeah. so, and here's a continuation. So, um, and Nelson said this, and he got it directly from Leonard E. Reed, and I have adopted it. And I can't believe I didn't say it. Mm. It's like go only where called, mm. right? but be worthy to be called. And that's the work, your work. You know, you should know your subject. Man, that's good. I'm telling that you, it's be good. The title of the show. If I'd have said it in the talk, I'd have probably cried anyway. Yeah, yeah. I was a little emotional in the talk. Listen, first time without Nelson there, it's okay to be a little emotional. I think people are going to see that and appreciate that and understand where it's coming from. So I appreciated it. I know all the people who were standing at the back because all the seats were taken appreciated it too. So I, I appreciate that. All right. Well, you know, we could divide this up in two parts or we can keep talking or we can just do another. (laughs) I think this is good. This is a solid, you know, you got, listen, you got to drive to work and back from it. And now listen, just just because we, pause and pick it up. Just because we let each other make a point and go, doesn't mean we need to rename the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah. It's. Listen, there's an important place for both of us to play. And I, you know, some had one episode in particular where James let me go on and expand on a much broader point across three different books. And I, people are, I'm sure, look, angelic intentions coming from a good place that, oh, you know, you're going to have to change something. You have to rename the show. And it's like, I don't even. James is being the side guy. I didn't even know how to respond to that because it, frankly irritate and I'm sure the gentleman's watching but and I didn't respond because it's not going to go anywhere good I'm I'm, I'm sure that the motivation was pure and I'm not here to sure. correct everybody um but that irritated me. I think he was I don't paying like you that. a compliment. And I think so too. And I'm appreciative of the compliment. That was, my expense. very nice. <laughs> yeah, just don't make it at his expense. Everything I know about life insurance came from this man. So let's not, let, let's not go there, right? We can be complimentary without the backhanded compliments. Now, wait a sense. minute. I'm Irish. I don't know if I could do that. Well, Complimentary we'll work, without the we'll back end, left-handed. You know. Over barbecue. Right. This and I'm Scottish, too. I hold a grudge. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thanks for listening. I had fun. I Seriously. had a lot of fun. And we'll see y'all next time. All right. Take care. Thank you for joining us on the Banking with Life podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like and subscribe and click on that little notification bell. Otherwise, join us on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher for weekly content.